are rolling. We, are, we, we almost always have Neil say something like that at the beginning of every episode. And sometimes I uh, chop it. And then sometimes I just leave it in there and you can kind of hear it underneath the, the music. But anyway, this is the SitePen podcast for developers who can't JavaScript good and want to learn to do other things good too. This is episode 18. Um, I think I forgot the last couple episodes to say what episode number it is. But it's 18, so it's legal now. Woo! Party. <laughs> to get drafted by Trump to build a wall. <laughs> you drafted so, for that? Uh, I assume. Like, I, I, I pretty much assume you could be drafted for that when Trump is the president. Um, yeah, I mean, he's going to just, like, day one, hour one, mass deportations, drafts, like, just all kinds of stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I, I've been stocking up on plywood to board up my windows and also because I'm assuming there's going to be a shortage for building the wall. So, yeah. you know. That's the same reason I've been stocking up on Starburst. And ladders. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how much ladders are going to be worth? <laughs> so much. You're going to need a permit uh, to own a ladder. Yeah, absolutely. And then we'll have the um, uh, like the NRA for ladders. Yep. We'll ladder, have the, uh, the ladder men's association i i don't know if the ladder show latter day saints yeah i was gonna say latter day saints not okay um so <laughs> the lovely voices you hear are of course mine tori rice that's the host with the least and uh let's see from left to right according to where i'm sitting uh we have neil roberts just happy to be here we have nick nisi just happy that Neil's here. I am too. It's true. And we have Paul Shannon, who's back. Howdy. How how did everything go? Uh, in general? As soon as I assume it went, I assume it went <laughs> well. It went better without me, didn't it? I don't it? know. Good it call. did. It really did. Yeah, it's really funny. As, I mean, not really funny, <laughs> but it is kind of funny. Is that when we were planning that whole thing, um, that episode, you were like on vacation or you weren't here. So then you weren't included in all the prep discussions and all that. And then when it comes time to record and you're here, which was really awkward because I was like, oh, we didn't invite him to to said show. <laughs> so, it's like high school whoops. all over again. Oh, well. <laughs> it is. It's like high school over again. Um, yeah. So I think we should just get right into it because I am super excited, um, not just because our, our sponsor today, um, but because our sponsor is actually has to do with the show. Um, and the sponsor today is actually reality. Uh, reality <laughs> is very concerned about the virtual reality that's popping up everywhere. Um, and just wants you to know that the graphics are amazing uh, for most people. Um, it's, it's not greatly accessible, but it's pretty accessible to everyone. Um, and yeah, like it even has things that virtual reality doesn't have. Like, um, you know, all of your senses, like smell. So next time you uh, are feeling a little down, go outside and maybe the sun will be shining. Um, so anyway, check it out. Reality. This is like a message to your First kids. Uh, and I guess you're like, kids, get out the yeah. house. Go play. Get out of the house. Leave. Because it's time alone. for dad to do virtual reality. <laughs> yeah. So I just got um, a Vive. And actually, I had it for about two weeks sitting in the closet and it was driving me insane because I couldn't use it because I am a Mac person. I haven't had a PC in 15 years, I think, or at least one of any, you know, abilities. I think I have a 
Samsung ATIV tablet somewhere um, that I don't use. But um, so I had to get a PC, and apparently those can take a long time to ship. Um, so I had the Vive for a long time sitting there. Then one day I finally realized, I wonder if I could just go buy a PC with similar specs because I'm tired of waiting after I kept getting it delayed. Uh, so I found out we have a Fry's here in Washington, and it was about 40 minutes from my house, and they had the exact same PC I was going to buy from the exact same manufacturer. So I just canceled the order and went down and picked one up. And I that explains why I forgot to do the toothy falsy questions. That's <laughs> a good excuse. Um, as so today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, VR. We talk about web VR, a frame, that stuff. Um, I'm excited. I think virtual reality is better than reality personally, but you know I got to pay the bills. So virtual reality feels more real in a lot of ways than than real reality. <laughs> In reality because you know when you can fly in virtual reality that you know that's like all your dreams come true yeah or that one that climbing game which is going to come in handy when trump wins there's <laughs> that, that slinging you you sling from cliff to cliff or something um i haven't played that one uh, i actually crash have bandicoot? to get yes crash bandicoot <laughs> Uh, I need to get a controller because um, I just had the Vive controllers, and there's a couple of games I want to play, but they require like an Xbox kind of controller, and I don't have that for my computer. I have one of those, but I think I, I need an adapter. I haven't played any. Yeah, you need an, an adapter to use the Xbox, and I don't think they sell them separately unless you go like third party. Well, it's really annoying. I have an Amazon Fire controller, which is Bluetooth. I have a Wii Pro controller, a Wii U Pro controller, which is also Bluetooth. I have playstation controllers which are usb and i have the xbox controllers and i can't use any of them with my computer as far as i can tell <laughs> like really annoying <laughs> like i have all these controllers that physically look exactly like i want and have the buttons i want nothing you guys the dog whose dog is barking to be clear neil is the only one of us that works from a co-loco like a co what is a co-working not co-location co-working space and he's the only one that had a dog barking. <laughs> like, the dangers of working from home apply to Neo when he doesn't work at Neo home. Neo Colo's in a, a pet shop, I think. Some friends. Yeah. Some friends came to visit the office. He does. Um, Neil, just kind of just say before we go on with the VR thing, um, yeah. why are you so dressed down today? Uh, just a little warm in the office. He's in a t-shirt. Now, Neil, who can work from home, chooses to go into an office and wear a button-down shirt every day. Um. I That's got my pants on this morning, and that it's got I a, think I put on new underwear. I'm not saying I did. I think I did. It's got a, a iPhone holder on the front left chest pocket. Oh, like so it can be right there with your heart? Yeah. Makes sense. But the radiation. I thought the same oh, thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's just beaming cancer right into his heart. <laughs> I like yeah, I'd, I'd rather keep it in my pocket because that's not near anything that <laughs> needs... You're done anyway, with that now. Nothing important. Um, I don't want to get uninvited for any conferences for saying anything else. Oh, wait. No one invites me to any. Um, <laughs> for good reason. Okay. We'll cut that in post, I'm sure. Actually, I'll probably just leave it in. <laughs> You've just never to... cut anything in post like that. You're right. I always <laughs> just say, I'm going to cut this in. I never do it, ever. I never and do it. And here's a marker, um, and we're going to cut this in post, and never going to happen. And mark. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Paul, why don't you tell us about the cool things that you can do with VR um, that actually has to do with the web? Because so far, 
I haven't done anything with the web. Um, and I'm very interested to hear about this because I'm, I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And right now doing things in the web, even with the headsets is a real pain in the side. Like if you're going to use the Oculus or Vive to do web stuff, um, you have to go and you have to download either a special Chromium build for the Vive that has Vive controller support or just, just recently web VR hit Firefox nightly on a flag. Um, so you can do those two things to start with your headsets, but really the easiest way is to use like something like A-Frame or some web VR polyfills and use those applications on your mobile phone. Like that tends to be the the easiest way to target that. But we don't want that. We're both on, we both have vibes no. and we want like the yeah. awesome experience. Look, let's let all those plebs like do their cardboard thing. Like whatever, no one cares anymore. <laughs> We have, have the real deal. What do you yeah, I, ha- I do too. I actually. It's not cardboard um, though. It's yeah, high quality plastic. Is mine. Yeah, is yours? <laughs> is yours this one? The yes. uh, viewfinder, the yes. Mattel. Yeah, I bought that too, and I wish I had a head strap because that was the only thing missing. I didn't really yeah. think about it until I started using it, and I'm like, okay, I have to hold this thing. It's not any fun. It's still really cool. Not as cool as a Vive. Bet you wish you had one, but instead you have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also waiting on the day that uh, my MacBook can run a Vive. Yeah, give up the dream on that one. <laughs> I just went it with a PC. Like, no way. Okay. So, yes. So, I found that to be totally annoying, actually, that I was really excited about the web thing. And then I was able to, like, launch my desktop. And I was like, cool. This is just a big screen in my field of view. Like, I'm not immersed in anything. Um, and then, of course, the controls didn't work. And... Then I found out you had to go download special builds. And, you know, I didn't have time for that because I was, like, playing snap quarterback. So I was busy and selfie tennis. Yeah. Um, yeah, right now, really, the best experience so, is in the Steam store where you can access all of those things. And they're all part of the store. And they're their own experiences. But kind of as, as things progress and we get WebVR and, and WebVR support in uh, Chrome and Firefox and hopefully all the other browsers as well, probably not Safari because... Come on, Nick. It's never going to happen. Uh, never happen. <laughs> never Nick. happening. Yes, it will. <laughs> but um, if if only a, a video card from four or five years ago could run VR, we would be set. Maybe in four um, or five years. Uh, we'll come back yeah. to this topic it, because I have things to say about the MacBook thing. But anyway, if only I could plug a giant brick of a video card into my USB port on my Mac. To run that's what I was going to say. That's that's going to happen. USB-C, um, it can man. happen now, but it can kind of happen now. Um, but you still have to like boot into Windows. Um, anyway, there's not enough bandwidth for the current. Like maybe with Thunderbolt three, you have you still have like a little bit of a like a ten percent penalty because there's not as much bandwidth for the card. Uh, if I understand that correctly, if I'm remembering correctly. But anyway, it would be good enough if you had like a high end card in one of those. Uh, Thunderbolt enclosures, but I think you need Thunderbolt 3 to really do it. Yeah. So there, we're not coming back to it because I just said that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that, that all works either. Like, once you load all your textures in memory on your video card, do you really need to, to reload them all? Like, how much bandwidth do you need after that point? So, whatever. Maybe they'll come up with a solution, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Uh, Windows has really great support, on the other hand. Um, so... What I've done is I've I've started to look into all this stuff, and yes, it is it is a bit of a pain right now. 
but the the long game is like eventually we'll be able to have real vr experiences on the web and um a frame actually offers a really good solution for this it allows you to use kind of markup to describe entities in your world and it kind of gives you all of the basis for what a world is it gives you a standard camera and it gives you a, a lighting source and then allows you to kind of composite in all of your your entities in there and so like eight oh so it's like 3d svg uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Kind of. I mean, no. I, I conceptually, I mean, you're. It's different, but you are using markup. You're using tags that describe things like, um, you know, uh, cube, and you know, you have all these the 3D primitives. They're all they're various tags, right? And then tag attributes to describe like location and things like that, right? Yeah. So it's 3D XML. Yeah, it's 3D XML. Yeah, like, it's then... all the fun of XML in three dimensions. <laughs> it's a virtual blast. Everybody knows we left XML back depth. X HTML back in the day. So it's a bastardized XML. And um, yeah, in this one, if you don't close your tags, monsters can literally come out and destroy you. So you better make sure you close your tags. Might be the feature is intended. Uh, so yeah, like um, this, this allows you to kind of get stuff out there pretty quickly. And so everything in this world is like an entity like you have assets and things like that which is kind of off to the side but like your boxes and spheres and and meshes and everything are based on this one entity um tag and then you can create tags off of this entity tag for like boxes and spheres and things like that that essentially define a base system of components that plug into it so it's like an entity and component system your entity is just like this this bare component that you can actually composite your your other your components on top of. So when you do like location, position, and things like that, that's part of your your base entity. But then if you add like textures and meshes and and spatial features like geometries, that is is added on top of that. And so you can add more and more components on top of your your entities and even extend a frame to then create specialized components for just what you're working on. Can I tell you the one thing that does bother me just like the tiniest bit about this? Sure. And it's just such like the tag itself is a dash and then whatever. So like you have like a dash scene would be the tag name. Now, I'm not saying that it's easy to look at the markup and get confused and see that it has an A and you're thinking it's an anchor tag because A dash whatever. But I'm saying that that is kind of what it looks like um, if you're just kind of casually looking at that. And that kind of bothers me a little bit. I think that's the barrier. I'm just saying. barrier to entry. You have to jump. Yeah, I won't use it yeah. now. Yeah, you no, I won't it. use it. That's it. Is that because it's no. like custom it's elements? Yeah. No, I don't care it's custom element. It's just that it's weird that it's a dash because here's the thing. When I'm looking at it in GitHub, they uh, the highlight it is for HTML. So it highlights green, the A, and the rest of it is dash and the scene is purple. So it looks like an anchor element, but it's not. The I'm just a saying it's silly, it, but the dash is required for custom elements. Mm. Yes. I'm just saying it bothers me like point zero zero two percent and i felt like i should bring that up and air my feelings here this is this is the dr phil show right uh okay no one cares let's move on no one cares <laughs> i wasn't trying to be funny i just literally i saw that and it hadn't occurred to me until just now how like 
that looks like an anchor tag. Point zero zero two is a really good amount of significant digits. Like you're not going to round up. You're you're quite exact on that. Oh, I'm exact very, about how much it annoys very me. Exacting. Very exact. Very exact. Uh, so, so overall, like, yeah, you just like the A dash scene and A dash entity and A dash box. There's all of these built-ins, but then you can then extend it with additional custom components or custom entities. Is there is there A dash frame? I I don't know. There better I be if there isn't. I think. Like, come on. I think conceptually, there's an A dash frame. That's there there has to be better be um yeah i have i've delved into it a little bit uh most of my work actually that i've been working on is i've been putting together an a-frame boilerplate with typescript um there isn't yeah yeah so uh, yeah i've been i put that together that's that's on my my github page right now and i'm kind of cleaning it up um but i'm playing around with getting that and, and it works pretty well um one of the secrets of A-Frame is it's it's really built on top of 3JS. And so... Shh, don't tell anyone. It's, one of this, well, it's not like we have much reach anyway, Tori. Like, someday. That's a good point. <laughs> like, who are we telling, really? <laughs> I'm telling Nick, and I'm telling yeah. Neil, and I'm telling that Hundred, guy that showed up. Hundreds of thousands of people is only a small percentage of the U.S. population. That's right. That's true. We actually only reach Trump supporters. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, one in a million. You, you're my, our there, listeners are like one in a million. There are dozens. Still a lot of people. Well, it's not that special anymore. One in a million is not that special. Yeah, I realized that when my mom told me I was one in a million. I'm like, man, that's terrible. So there's like um, 7,000 people? There's like there's like lots of me. Um, maybe we'll save that for an episode where you guys care about my feelings. Yeah. So here's the thing. I haven't actually run it yet um, because, like I said, I've been busy playing games because yeah. I bought almost the entire Steam catalog. Uh, that works with VR. What, what's so been your they have a they have a they have a dizzying array of VR games. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite VR game, Ben, for the vibe? Since since you're brand new, I want to I want to hear. Okay, now here's the thing you have to know about me before it says for this to really make sense. I am a huge sports nut, as you guys probably know. And as you saw it unplugged a couple years ago, I will throw a football until no one wants to throw it anymore, or until someone throws it into the river. Even if it happens to be me that throws it into the river. Um, so I won't ever stop throwing. So there's a game called uh, Snap Quarterback. Um, and all, you're in a, like a practice arena, like a practice bubble, you know, and you're on the field. And in the competition, like these, these, uh, these targets pop up of receivers. And then they have like a circle where you have to hit the, the ball, right? And then it, it's like a clock. It counts down, like, you know, in a, in like a circular loader in reverse right um so you have to throw it and they're at varying distances and you have a rack of balls next to you and so like you just pick up the ball you throw it you pick up the ball you throw it and you try to hit the things you know and they as they pop up you hit them and you know they go down um i think i've i spent the most time in that game i think i've spent about four hours playing it now uh just trying to beat my high score and just keep getting i think i got like 159 last night uh that is my most favorite game i will do that forever um outside of that uh, I think that the VR hoops is like super fun too. That is really hard. Um, and oh, I started playing that game last night, like uh, Call of the Star Seed. Oh, I, I still I think have to it's try called. that one. Yeah, the yeah, it's, it's it's 
one of the things that bothers me is that these so many of these games rely on this um and I, apparently they rely on this feature of transport, this mode of transportation where you kind of teleport around mm-hmm. or blink in this case. Like you, you kind of point where you want to go and it just puts you there. Um, and they do that to like reduce the motion sickness yeah. thing. Um, but it kind of bothers me because it makes it feel really slow because you like have to like walk around by like pointing and looking and pointing and looking instead of just like moving. Um, so, so. A game called Onward just came out that uses trackpad movement. So if you want to see right. something else, I gotta get a, I gotta get a game pad, right? No, no, no. It uses the trackpad on the Vive controller. Oh, it does. If if I remember okay. correctly, it just came out, and so that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I thought I thought that I had to use I thought I had to use a game controller. That's why I didn't download it yet. Was my recollection of that, but maybe that's not right. Yeah. And if you like throwing games, uh, Snow Fort came out, and my little kid loves it. You build a snow fort, and then you throw snowballs at snowmen. Um, oh, it does use motion. Okay, I'll try Onward. I totally was confused but about this in a different game. I'm going to buy that right now. Yeah, let me know how that one is. And it's bot. <laughs> okay. And it's bot. Um, <laughs> okay, so to my – where I was going with some of this, I don't even remember now. I'm just jumping around because I am like – so excited about virtual reality. I gave a talk years ago um, at uh, like uh, QCon in London, QCon in London. And uh, it was about like virtual reality and user interfaces and virtual reality and, and how all that's going to be coming in the next few years. And that was like six years ago. So I've been waiting for this for a long time. So I'm very excited. Um, so with these games, let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. With these games, uh, because I haven't played any of them, I just have the viewfinder google cardboard thing um how do you move around in the games like i assume it's just with a travel with a joystick no. or something so there's or actually you want a rail in a lot of games well there's there's a couple different kinds of of methods i guess so there's moving around like distances and then there's short movements so for things like the quarterback game or the the hoops game um, you actually have oh the bow and arrow game in the in the uh, demo that they do with the Vive the uh, is awesome. I the love lab, the lab, yeah, bow and arrow I game, love, so I love fun. The slingshot launching those those cores. Yeah, me too. Um, so you when you set up the thing, you actually track out in your room like what your usable space is for moving around. Um, and okay. this is called room scale. So you can have, so you have these, uh, these beacons you put on either side of you, like up in the air, um, like on a wall or something. And then, um, you know, so then it tracks where you are in this box. And when you're in the virtual reality, as you get close to that edge, it comes up with like a grid that's kind of overlaid. Like you see like, you know, neon, like Tron, like grid comes up and it's like, you know, like, okay, that's like my so space. You don't run there. into a wall. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you have this space so you can move around freely in that space. And most of the games um, that I've played tend to give you visual cues that kind of keep you from wanting to go further. Like the basketball game, you're on this platform that's like up in the air and it's the edge of it's just outside of your edge. And I can't tell you the amount of times that I've leaned forward to like make a shot and then like subconsciously step back because the edge is right there. Like you see the edge and your body reacts like it's real and it's trippy. Like I find my, like I stumbled um, because in the bow and arrow in the bow and arrow game in the labs, 
I was up on top of this, um, you're up on top of this tower shooting a bow and arrow. And like, I don't know if I fell or if it does this automatically, it put me down a level. And when it did that, I fell and I, I braced and I got like a little shook. Like I was like, oh, and like I was disoriented for a second because I felt like, you know, because the movement isn't quite matching up with my experience. So then my body's like, what the hell's going on? Felt kind of drunk. Um, totally fun. So yeah, you can walk around in games and like move around and then to move distances, they all employ different mechanics. And I think it's just kind of an experimental phase right now where, you know, different games are trying different mechanics to see how is the most effective way Um so I'm really excited to play Onward, knowing that you can move with the trackpad. Um, that's really cool. It's got to be something I want to be able to freely move. Because, like, anytime I'm on an elevator in one of these games, my body tries to, like, lean backwards or forward, any kind of rail movement. I try to, like, lean into the movement so I'm not pushed in that direction, which has the opposite effect in VR. You just end up, like... Right, right. <laughs> falling or like tilting in a way that your body has to then oh yeah i played um there's a pool game where you play pool and billiard stuff pool nation or Um, something and i yeah pool nation and uh i'm really excited because so david walsh uh from david walsh blog uh he and i were talking about it and he he got the vibe first well (laughs) i got mine before him and he's really mad about that um because his computer was delayed and delayed and delayed um and he didn't just go buy it like i did so what we were talking about, because we want to play pool together, like in this virtual world. And so we're very excited about that. So I, when I got it, the first thing I did was I went in there and I went to play pool. And what do you do when you're playing pool? You're, I think about it, you lean against the table. Yeah. And I actually leaned forward and almost <laughs> fell on my face because there's no <laughs> table there. But, you know, you're in. I mean, the immersion is so real that, you know, you think like, oh, I'm not going to feel that immersed. Like, I, I'll know. But no, like you really do feel so immersed in this world that you forget, like, like I went to check my watch and you can't see your watch, right? Like I can't see it, but I actually turned on because I wanted to know what time it was. I had to turn over my watch and I couldn't, and I looked for a second at the fake hand and I couldn't figure out. And it's like, oh yeah, like this is not real. Um, and in the billiards game, in the, the, the pool nation VR, there's these dominoes on the ground. And this was the most trippy experience. I'm not saying I had a couple glasses of wine. I'm going to add more, <laughs> but I reached down to pick one up and these have this haptic, you know, feedback on these controllers and I reached down to pick it up. And as I did that, it felt like I actually touched it. Like it was like, and I got just a little bit of feedback. Boom, yeah. You know, and I was like, what the heck? And I actually took off my thing to see if I hit the couch or something. Because it felt like I had touched it. Like it really, really felt. It was the most immersed I had been. Because I just couldn't. Like it felt like I was there. Like I felt like I was really touching this thing. And it blew me away. Like that was like one of my first experiences of the game. I was like really hooked. Yeah. Um, Anyway, back to the JavaScript VR web thing, um, because yeah. I guess this is a show about that. I, I don't think know. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just so excited about yeah, VR. No, so keep, this experience, oh man, it's so incredible. And what, what I actually hope to it, see on the web yeah, it's hard to explain. Is, is that immersion. Somebody comes to your website and you're immersed in, in some content that you've provided for them. And like what I want to see in the future is I want to see like Wikipedia in like in web VR. Like I want to be able to go to places and then have somebody speak about that place and and provide this information to me, um, like you know, tour around Europe or do things like that, and then have that as part of an open or web. YouTube video comments. I want to go and have a bunch boy. of teenagers shout YouTube comments at me, I, yeah, and then I can throw darts like, at as them. As long as they're all like dummies, so, uh, and, and you have web. like a bat or something, or you can like. Oh man, that's like a great idea right yeah, here. Yeah, just read the YouTube video comments oh. to you and you just launch him in a catapult. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm having like great idea thumbs right up, now. Okay, down. yes. Thumbs down, launch him in a catapult. Let's do this. Launch him in a catapult. <laughs> um, I'll be doing a lot of launching. 
So here's the thing now. So uh, what I don't quite understand, well, I guess I understand it, but just let people kind of get what you're saying though about, you know, we're used to this 2D world and you have a browser and it's this 2D plane that you're on. And even if you do something 3D, it's not really 3D, right? It's a 2D representation of three dimensions, right? Um, But in this case, you're going to be immersed in this three-dimensional world um, like when you go to a page, right? Like you would type in an address, you'd go there and you'd be immersed in this entire, like everywhere you turn and look, you're in this world, right? Right. right. And so um, the only thing that your your eyes get information from is, is each eye gets information separately and then sends it to your brain. So the only thing you need to do to, to mimic information like that for your eyes is to separate your screen into two sides and then provide that slightly different information to each eye. And that gives you a field of depth. So, right. um, yeah, basically. But so when we're making this, when we're marking up these pages, though, like you're not going to go and see like in your in your headset, you're not going to see like a browser window. Like you are going to be immersed in the content. Right. Like the Chrome disappears. There's no Chrome there. There's no, it's just you're in a world now. Yeah, and and. You can go ahead and try this on the A-Frame website, aframe.io, or you, if you want to start playing around with it, you can go to the boilerplate that I'm sure we'll link in the show notes that I, I'm putting together. Um, so you can go to, to that, and you can just publish whatever you want to your own GitHub page and then play around with WebVR that way. But yeah, essentially, it's it's full screen, and it just occupies the whole screen just like any other VR experience. For the for a mobile phone, you'll need like a Samsung Gear VR, or you'll need. Uh, yeah, we don't care about those people. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Please. But I mean, like, that's going to be the majority of experience right now. That's how most people are going to experience. Yeah, VR. but if you don't have if you don't have oh, three thousand dollars to blow, the UI then. is so terrible. Yeah. What UI? The web VR UI. <laughs> I'm just making an Android joke. Uh, oh Sorry. God! Yes. <laughs> I mean, uh, hopefully, well, just this is a word of warning, though. Um, if you have one of those new Series 7 phones from Samsung, go ahead and don't use that for a cardboard thing you're going to stick up to your face. <laughs> oh, it's just the notes, right? Because that... Like the S7s are okay. Is that what it is? The notes? It's just the S- notes. Yeah, whatever. I, do we really trust it at this point, though? I mean, something exploding in my face is a little too real, <laughs> you know? It's a little too realistic, let's be honest. Um. Yeah. Okay. So you have uh, a frame, and that is just so that we're kind of explaining. So, like, a frame is what? Like, it is. So, a frame. It's like a toolkit kind of thing, or like what? What would you call it? A frame is like MVC for um for web VR. So if you think about it. Um, like a frame provides a framework that gives you this, this entity component system that allows you to create HTML and, and markup and then use that markup in, in vir- to create virtual reality environments. And it uses that by leveraging three JS, much like angular leverages jQuery and things like that. So it's kind of like angular, but for like VR. Yeah, sure. In a I way. mean, it's a different, if you can conceptualize it. That yeah. Way. It's a different framework like it's a different component model we got to remember i'm talking to people that have cardboard yeah oh yeah you know, like they don't quite understand yeah our mac users i know so, right yeah oh, our mac man. users like <laughs> ridiculous he said from his mac he says from his <laughs> mac maybe <laughs> yeah yeah no i can't oh man just getting 
getting up and going with Windows 10 on this, it was like, okay, this is good. And it's like, oh, to do this, though, you need to activate your Windows license. And I'm like, I just bought it with this. It's on the computer. Like, I really have to go and find the number on the sticker on the computer. And then, oh, it's you know what I did the first after I got it all set up? Downloading downloading 24 of 248. Yeah. So that was a couple hours. And then when I went to go use it later... It wouldn't, the Vive wouldn't start, even though it's all plugged in. It couldn't communicate with it. So I'm like unplugging things, plugging things. Then I realized, oh, it's the display port. That means I only had one HDMI out, even though the motherboard has one on it, but it wasn't enabled in the BIOS. So I had to go. So I'm doing all this stuff instead of playing the game. And I'm remembering why I hate PCs so much. Like, I'm just so angry as I'm doing this. I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to deal with all this stuff. And like when I bought the PC, I was going to build one myself. And as I started to look at how to do that again, because it's been 15 years and, you know, I know the gist, but I'm like, well, what do I need to buy? Like, what's the best stuff? And then it's like all these cryptic model numbers that the higher number actually is a slower one in this generation of this. And I'm just like, yeah, I hate this. This is why I don't use PCs anymore. I just want to like buy, even if it's outdated, you know, like I know Apple has not been keeping up with like the latest processor stuff, but I just like that I could just go and buy it and it's just like simple and easy and I don't have to go through cryptic model numbers and all this crap. Um, yeah. And it works. So if you're ever, ever going to build a PC, a little plug here, go to subreddit, build a PC, and run it by them. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, and they'll they'll help you out. But yeah, the, I had I had the exact same experience. I had an old model Intel processor that was a four-digit, and they went back to three digits. And I'm like, okay, now what is what? And now they've added a K for overclockable. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, which I did like I have mine's like you know liquid cooled and all that and like I go into the software and it's like in the BIOS which I had to Google how to do that so I pulled out my MacBook and did that because I couldn't you know want to use Windows um, but I, <laughs> actually it's just because it was on the TV I couldn't quite see that far um, with the mic little type um, but yeah and then it's like oh click here to overclock and I was like I'm just gonna go ahead and not do that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know what I should be doing or shouldn't be doing and I think it's fine you can do it later like I have a yeah, and it's really the video card that's the the killer, right? Like you got to have a great video card, and I got the 1080. Nice. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm I still in the 970. Who makes I think it? Santa's gonna bring me something this Christmas to upgrade huh? my experience. But so far, the 970 has been fine. Yeah, I was I was rather surprised by, you know, there's a couple of things that I guess surprised me the most before we move on here away from the VR topic um, that I'll keep bringing up the whole show because <laughs> whatever awesome, we're already right? like. 15 minutes we're already 15 minutes over on this and it's really just like uh nick and neil just staring at us and we're just talking <laughs> well, about neil this. Has, i'm trying to make jokes every like now an and then oculus rift yeah, or something trying. right neil we have an oculus rift in the office yet oh because we work with a game there's a game developer in the office well that's that cool with. is there yeah. anything you so, can do besides games do you see the future of VR as anything besides games? There's a uh, there's a topic which we can't really discuss on this show because it's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely see a future with that. Tourism. Like, definitely let's see a future with that. Let's say, let's say tourism. Other than that, yeah. It's macrame, right? Yeah. Other than that, um, you know... <laughs> museums. Museums. And, museums. And, That's what yeah. I was talking about, Neil. Thank Being you. To, I didn't want to, to say travel, it. Uh, I also think education would be huge because, I mean, think about it. If you have a web page, your web page can have some information about a topic, just like a book or something like that. And then you go in and you say, well, I need more information. And so you can like go in and you can take like this pre-recorded virtual reality course that has like, I don't know, dinosaur bones or like 
shows you how to use like or real dinosaurs or, like why bones well you know because who cares about the bones i want to see them real yeah, bones are what we have jurassic as far fucking as, like, park oh, yeah, here oh, yeah, oh, yeah. ground this in reality bones are what we have like we can like add a skin and show real dinosaurs as we conceptualize them but we got bones with feathers with yeah yeah but we already we already covered that normal reality sucks sorry sponsor it does. Like, we're talking about virtual reality. You can do anything you want, and you want to do dinosaur bones. Yeah. I mean, your point's well taken, but your lack of imagination is astounding. But I want to see, like, inside um, no. the volcanoes, and, like, I want to see real things, and I want my kids to be able to, like, go to a webpage and look up this information and say, oh, now I want to explore it. Or, like, you know, physics and kinetic energy and things like that. I want, like, cool yeah. demonstrations. And then, like, my kids can set it up and, like... I don't know, do an experiment in virtual reality that requires no cost other than some development, but no material cost to like set up and go and go nuts with and then do it over again or like change parameters with. Yeah. So you, so you let your kids. as long as that education can fit inside of your available space in your living room. Well, I mean, they well, have different need, like, locomotion. Two by two meters. You don't, yeah. Like, like oh, yeah, you could space, do seated too. Like you don't have to walk around. My space right here, I got. I got a meter and a half by two meters, which is is the minimum room room scale. I'm American. Space. I don't know what that means. I I don't know what it means either. A meter's about Please a. Please use freedom units. I got about five feet by six feet of space, and that's enough for almost all of the games that I I care about, and that's enough to get good virtual reality experiences. Like I, I play Vivecraft, which is Minecraft modded for the Vive, in that space, and it's a big open world. They said Vivecraft. What's that? It's a vibe world, and you're just living in it. I thought you said vibe yeah. crap. Vibe. I was like, I play a lot of vibe crap. I did. <laughs> I guess it's, what I'm trying to get at is, is why is it being sure. built? <laughs> There's things being built into the browsers now, right? In Firefox, you said, and in a special build of Chromium. Yes. Um, you, is it mainly for gaming right now, or or what's driving that? A lot of it's experimentation, because people are yeah. trying to okay. figure it out, and and only like only like the very few people that are willing to put up with all this crap to get it going are the ones that are really experiencing it them and the people that on the on the on the oculus and the vive now if you want to use it on a mobile device Mm -hmm. it's super accessible it's super easy to use like on your viewfinders and your google cardboards and things like that Hmm. um so there's there's a mix but like by the time you get to like writing web vr stuff or a frame for the vive you got to add your gamepad support which is interesting because you have two motion tracked controllers in some sort of room scale space um and you have a motion contract headset um as well that that are all like in play that you don't necessarily have with like a mobile phone mobile phone is just like you look around and you experience something so like a frame is good at doing like photospheres so you're like wrapped in a sphere that has a texture around it that's been um bent so it looks fine on a sphere. So it looks like you're looking around in an area. So photospheres with video okay. and texture on it or video or image on it tend to be very easy, really easy to do with A-frame and very popular for like a mobile segment. But yeah, I mean, to I guess to your, your overall point though of like, well, what else can you do on it? I mean, that's definitely something that I'm very curious to start playing around with uh, because, you know, the idea that you'd go to a web page and be immersed as experience is something that is interesting, but also feels like it's not very applicable to a lot of segments. Like it doesn't make a whole lot of sense currently. And then I'm like, well, is that just lack of imagination? You know, do I just, am I just 
not, you know, I'm just so entrenched in this, you know, 25 years of using the internet the way it is that I can't, you know, I can't fathom it not being this way. Um, so I think that there's something there for that. It's just, you know, is it going to be more like consumption driven versus, you know, creation yeah. and consumption, you know what I mean? Like, or informational, like, uh, you know, like entertainment versus information. Um, yeah. And, you know, like right now with the way the, the screens are, the resolution I find isn't great to read a lot of things. Like it, it, there's a bit of a screen door effect still. Yeah. Um, and when you look like towards the edge of your view, um, it gets a little distorted, like a little fuzzy. Um, and so it makes things like just even reading like a menu pops up and it says, oh, do this you know, given where it pops up, it can actually be difficult to read it. You know, you have to get closer or really like turn your head to kind of see it really close straight on. Um, and that's a, that's a limiting factor, I think, for this generation of, uh, of it. But, you know, it is kind of the first generation. So, um, you know, I try not to be too critical with that. Like, I understand the limitations, but like, this is the time to really experiment. Yeah. Um, and something I'm very interested to play around with ideas. Um, you know, one of the games, it's not really a game though. It's, it is educational. It's, it's really more educational. It's uh, Apollo 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and you basically, you go on the Apollo mission. Like you're, you're in, you're basically Buzz Aldrin because he's missing and you're that person. So I don't know why they chose him, but sure. He's like the forgotten guy. He's like, ah, oh, he's like second on the moon. No one cares. Okay. Um, but it's really cool because I mean, you know, it starts off and, all of a sudden you're in a living room in the sixties and you're sitting there and, you know, Kennedy is on this, you know, old, uh, Kennedy is on TV talking and like, you're watching it on a reel to reel, you know, like it's a reel to reel and there's a TV in the corner, but you're watching it like on this projection and you're sitting in this room. It feels very much like, you know, the time period. And it's, it's really immersive. And then you go and you're on the rocket, you know, and then you, you blast off. And as you're going, like, you know, because you're not constrained by actually being strapped in. So you can look around and even look through the capsule and look out the window, you know, like you can stick your head completely out of the thing and look and, you know, you're going up into space. Like, it's pretty amazing. And then you see the sunrise as you come around the earth, you know, and it's dark and you see, I mean, it's, it is a very immersive educational experience that I'm sure costs a lot of money to make. (laughs) So I don't think you'll be seeing a lot of experiences like that anytime soon, on the web except for things like movies and stuff i can see them putting out you know teasers and things like that in virtuality yeah i think this generation is just the it's like the first iphone like the first iphone was revolutionary when it came out but if you look at it compared to what we have today and and where we wanted to be even from then like it was still had a long ways to go and so virtual reality on the vive or even on your mobile devices those those devices have a long way to go before being in everybody's living room. But I can definitely see a day where, you know, my kid wants to look up some information or I want to look up some information about like, oh, how were things like a thousand years ago? And like, what did people do? And like, what did things look like? Or, you know, how do I... It was all black and white. It was all black and white and all grainy and stuff. But um, Yeah, it's awful. Resolution was terrible. Reality sucked back then. And then, (laughs) And then like, even like NASA is using stuff like this and they're they're tracking out um augmented reality systems to to work with like uh spaceship components and things like that that they have prototyped digitally but haven't that aren't really real yet 
Um, so NASA's doing stuff with that. And then Microsoft like has demos for the HoloLens that are about architecture and things. And so I can imagine like you, you want your house to be built in a certain way and you would get blueprints in 3D that you'll be able to walk through and say, oh, this is how this addition is gonna look on my house. or this is how like it's going to, to feel as I live in it. And it will feel that way. Or you'll have like, you'll be able to like move your furniture around in VR before you Oh, that'd be so nice. Yeah, so you can... Or, <laughs> that way I don't have to like keep picking it up and like moving it. Oh, I don't like it there. Yeah. Okay, I'll move it again. Or before you even buy it, um, like, actually, like stores will have... You'll be able to say, this is my room space and this is what I have in it. These are all of the items that I have in my room space, just like Fight Club and the catalog. Yeah, I think Ikea has something like that. Yeah, yeah, they do have an Ikea experience. It's all Ikea, but yeah, like if once you have like all of these things as models, you can say, well, I want to buy this thing. How will it actually look in my home before I pay money for it? And the web is a perfect place for that. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's... I just can't wait um, until I can go... Since we work remotely, I can't wait until I can put on a headset and not log into work, walk into an office with all of you and sit down at a virtual desk with a virtual computer and program. You can. Big screen. <laughs> yep, you could. Big screen That's the virtual well, reality. There's reality. actually... Yeah, there's actually... I mean... There's a there's an app uh, that does Office oh, Life it Simulator. It's it's yeah called, it's called Job Simulator. Yeah. No, there's a big screen. <laughs> um, does there is that. a Job Simulator. It, it, it does screen <laughs> no, big screen sharing. does that. But I'm thinking of there's an actual one about meeting. Like you you just uh, yeah there is meetings. But right big now. screen you're at like the top of like a hundred story building looking over the city on the patio as you're sitting next to your buddy who has shared his screen also, and you can like code next to one another. The biggest problem I have with like That's coding cool. in VR is there's no tracking on your keyboard. And so like if, if yeah. you don't type really well, you're going to have, you're going to have issues or if you're programming, you have to, yeah. And the, again, the resolution, me. but it'll happen. Um, yeah. So, I'll find whatever that app is called. Not that anyone cares. Um, let's move sure. on to... Let's let Neil do some talking now. <laughs> we're going to talk about... Depends on what we're going to get to. Well, the next thing on the agenda was Dojo 2 Boilerplate. and Which I still am not going to do a ton of talking now. Oh, man. Okay, well, someone take someone start talking. Paul's familiar with... like I, I, thought, I think uh, Paul has been reading a lot about where we're at with Dojo 2, right? A little bit. God, I wish we had Anton. Uh, he he knows all of it. Um, uh, about Dojo Two, yeah, we we have a few boilerplates that are that are out now. I think, um, and uh, we're working on a digit library, a digit ask library. It's called Dojo Widgets, and um, you know, right now we're switching over to TypeScript Two, which is in pre-release. Uh, they're doing regular releases in in NPM. And we're we're seeing how that's working, and we're changing some of our distribution strategies. I know we went from a hierarchical uh, distribution to a flat distro uh, for our, all of our npm packages. So, and what was the what was the reason behind that? TypeScript just TypeScript <laughs> keeps changing how they do typing. Has no idea. TypeScript keeps changing how they do typings, okay. and so um, they switched from classic to node-based type resolution. And um, typings, the, the the CLI tool typings um, has gotten better, quite quite a bit better, and so yeah, all of those reasons basically. 
the tools keep getting better and TypeScript 2 really is a, a big release for um, library builders. So people like us um, are, are going to love TypeScript 2 and this is where we're, what we're looking at to release on. Uh, where TypeScript 1 was a lot better for like applications type, type building, uh, TypeScript 2 is really pushing pushing forward like libraries and distributions and how the heck do you do typings when you're you're using many many packages and things like that. I know we have a the Dojo Meta pro, Meta project has a ton of information about what we're doing with the next uh, the whole project. Yeah, if you want to hear people mm -hmm. complain about TypeScript too. That's that's a great place to look, or just like the struggles. Well, can we we've use been the through. ejection thing from YouTube? Can we use the YouTube ejection thing for that? Oh gosh, <laughs> that would be yeah. We just got to make that on the web everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna build our own browser and just just have it be for everything. Yeah, don't like a web page? Just bring it up in VR, smash it. Okay, going to Donald Trump for president.com. <laughs> I hear he uses Dojo too. <laughs> oh. <sighs> well, um, so there's also, uh, Neil, there was the Dojo Compose. Yep. I mean, look, you guys wrote this stuff down. So if you don't have anything to say about it, I will continue to talk about VR because I'm sure everyone oh, wants I to hear to more about that. I want to talk about Compose. I, I think, so we had Dojo Declare in the first version of Dojo which is our uh, kind of prototype creation tool, I guess. Um, You're going to need to explain a little bit more about what that meant. Yeah, so <clears throat> if we want to create a class in JavaScript, we have to use the prototype chain, which is really confusing to a lot of people in terms of how it uh, creates reusable objects. Uh, and we, in Dojo 1... Uh, we kind of ended up creating this shorthand uh, way of doing classes uh, in terms of uh, wanting to be able to kind of split up very complicated classes into into smaller uh, bits of functionality that could be reused. Mm -hmm. uh, so we created this little tool and kind of just give it an array of what it should be using. Uh, and... <clears throat> what it should be using and kind of uh, what you want to add to a class. And it was really, really simple, um, but it got it got the job done. There was some magic that happened under the hood. Um, and we were hoping when we switched over to uh, TypeScript that we would be able to uh, kind of just use their, their class system out of the box to do some of what we needed to do uh, with some of our more complicated bits of code, especially like uh, Dgrid. Mm -hmm. uh, is kind of one of our more complicated bits of code. Uh, and we found out that we can't really do that. We tried, um, they have an annotation system that kind of lets you um, manipulate uh, their class objects, which in TypeScript 2 is still even a fancy way of just doing uh, prototypal inheritance. So we looked at, at using that class system and, and there's no real way to say like, use some of the values from this object, use some of the values from this object and put them all together and make a reusable, uh, reusable object. Uh, so we tried a bunch of stuff uh, right around the time that I uh, joined SitePan again. And what ended up happening uh, is 
we tried a lot of different things, uh, and right around the same time, uh, the ECMAScript uh, standards body um, said that they, I don't, I don't know if they said they were considering it or if it was just proposed in the spec or whatever, um, generic composition mm -hmm. uh, to where you can say that uh, like a parameter is this class or this class, um, or you can say that it's this, this class and this class. Uh, and what it allowed us to do is basically write a function that takes in two different classes, um, smushes them together, and then uses the generic syntax to say that the new returned value is this class and this class. Uh, and that allowed, allowed us to do a bunch of really neat stuff. Um, we kind of have this uh, system called Digital Compose that does a lot of the prototype smushing, is what I'll, I'll call it from now on, uh, under the hood. Uh, and it has a variety of different methods, uh, and they're all chained. So it takes the current instance, and then you can add new uh, new class functionality to it. And the the value that you get uh, when you're done everything has uh, all of the type safety and type checking that uh, ECMAScript offers. So it, it's kind of we would we would prefer to have it all built into the language, but we're able to get back a a class uh, that has all of the different parts that we need uh, that, that behaves the way that it's supposed to. So that's, it's really, Compose has ended up being really, really neat. Uh, and it, I mean, I, I can't think of anything that we can't do with it right now. So it turned out really good. That's awesome. Um, I think you can't play virtual reality with it. But other than that, I mean, it's... You can write the classes that play virtual reality. Oh, that's a good point. You, you can write a virtual reality program that lets you write Dojo Compose in virtual reality. Oh, Vir it's like virtual reality inception. Call it, you can use VVim, virtual vim. Uh, no one wants to do that. Yeah, let's do it. You'd be, you know, because you'll get stuck in there forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just you'll never be able to leave. And then... <laughs> Yeah. Find the, the, when Nick, and find the queue. Nick made some sort of Vim joke at uh, Nebraska JS, and I wanted to yell, uh, colon Q exclamation mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, there's, the virtual reality Vim would have like your main window, and then it would have like a thousand uh, plugins behind it that show you what your Vim what your Vim's actually doing in order to to make everything work. And there'll be one that's all constantly updating in the background too. I don't know. Vim doesn't have a place there because it's already the speed of thought that you're you're working in Vim. <laughs> I think that'll be beneficial for other editors to catch up. <laughs> oh man! Like Nick's, Nick's saying this with a straight face. Yeah, you know he he believes it. <laughs> like he is full on. He is, yeah. You'd have to drink the Kool Aid um, to, to Nick's like, that much. Nick's like, actually, this is a bad idea, Neil, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vim cannot get any better. <laughs> Reality Vim is so much better. Cool. Um, yeah, so check out, you know, everyone listening. Um, I think that's Nick's mom and a couple of Eric's daughter. <laughs> I think that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll put up links to the uh, Dojo 2 stuff. In the in the bike, it's really exciting actually. Like there's a lot of stuff uh, uh, going on, a um, lot of activity, and um, you know we don't do as great of a job of talking about that. Um, 
We have a to do MVC app, I think. Uh, yeah, so we've already written the most complicated app possible. So yeah. Well, once to do's done, um, if anyone's work on a new framework. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's inter- if anyone's interested in doing class composition stuff, because I mean there there are a thousand libraries to do class composition, um, it's still worth looking at Compose because I think the way we did it is kind of the way you have to do it. To some extent, like you maybe be able to mess with the way that it's structured a little bit. Um, but if anyone's interested in that stuff, just to play around with Compose is, is some cool code to read. Yeah, it's really cool. Um... Okay, so to wrap things up here then, do you want to do our bug of the week? Because this one's been out there for a yeah. while that you want to talk about. That one's super fun, too. Let me get back to my notes. Maybe oh, that, notes. that meeting thing was called Alt Space VR, by the way. Oh. That's, that's what it was. I, I went to oh, okay. see um, Google's, one of Google's uh, announcements there. Everybody's kind of standing around watching it. It was, it was an interesting experience. I don't know if I'd call it a meeting app, though. Yeah. Uh, I would because people go there and they meet together. They had. Uh, I'm like not sure. I'm like not sure what else you'd call this. They had uh, the guy from. I also haven't played it or watched the video, so you know. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I'm a very informed opinion. I'm right though. You don't know anything about it. I mean, to be fair, I'm right, but Justin Roiland was uh, you know, there at Alt Space VR doing stuff. That was pretty cool. There's videos whoa. of him too. I use uh. I, I use my Bose noise canceling over the ear headphones with the Vive uh, to really get the immersion um, because I found that I can't keep earbuds in to save my life when I'm playing the game. Like they just will not stay in my ear. Yeah, I use over the just ear. Just want to throw that in there. Well. Yeah. Just, you know, tip for everyone who's going to go out and get the, buy this now. All right, Neil, take it away. All right, so um, Degrid is really fun. Um, we spent a lot of time working on it at the site pen. And uh, the Degrid uh, will take for its data source um, an instance of a, of a DStore, uh, which is another library that works along with it. And I needed to basically uh, custom sort a grid, uh, which is not really, it, unless it's very, very simple, uh, not really something you can just pass in uh, as, a, as an argument uh, to, to degrid, at least the one that we were working with uh, in this project, uh, which is an older version, which is going to be part of how the bug all played out. So what I ended up doing is uh, creating a dstore and sorting the dstore data, uh, which was which was a lot easier to do. I was able to get it sorted exactly the way I wanted to, uh, and it was a really 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 complicated way of sorting. So I got this all done and I passed it to degrid, and for half a week or so, I thought it was sorted properly. Uh, and eventually I realized, because it was kind of like sorting stuff behind the scenes, uh, it wasn't obvious that it was out of order. Uh, after a little while, I realized that it was not the way that it was supposed to be sorted. And I went through everything I could possibly do to figure out why, uh, for some reason, I was sorting data. I, I checked to make sure the data was sorted correctly. It was passed it to the grid. The grid had no sorting options turned on. Uh, everything was the way that it was supposed to be. So I started looking at source code. Uh, once again, that was very, very difficult. The The uh, main class that I was using looked fine. Um, it said uh, if there's a sort parameter assigned to this object, to, the, to this uh, class instance, uh, then sort it. Other, if there's not, don't sort it. 
the superclass d- doesn't have sort set on it at all. I don't sort set, set sort on it at all. When I created the object, it didn't have sort set on it. Uh, so it was just completely baffling. Uh, I ended up putting in a bunch of breakpoints and realized that at some point, the sort property was getting set to an empty array by one of the mix-ins that I'd used. Um, only after you tried to call uh, like fetch data, right? So it was something way down the line. Uh, and I went and I looked at uh, the source code for that class, uh, well, all the classes that I've been looking at, and I looked at the, the most current versions, um, which is always a good idea because most of these bugs have been fixed in new versions of Dojo and, and Dgrid and DStore. Uh, and I saw that in a later version, they had actually said if this.sort and this.sort.length to fix that bug um, because some things set empty arrays uh, on class instances. And as most people know, empty arrays in JavaScript are still considered to be true, or at least truthy. So that's today's truthy falsy. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was a mess. It was super frustrating. Um, tracking that was great. Um, problem was if array got rid of that uh, patch. Did it all worked great? Wow. Did you check to see if uh, Nick had been involved in writing any of that code? Oh, if you just do get blame, it's just all Nick. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Well, any. It's just because it's uh, just because uh, Vi changes all the line endings though in his files. That's why it does all that. <laughs> you know, I hadn't realized like how close <laughs> how close Vi and Vive is. Vive. Definitely. <laughs> That's just what they call the Vi. The Vim implementation for Vive is going to be called Vive. Yeah. I like the vibe that you guys are putting off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What's the thing to end the joke, Neil? Colon, sh- Q, enter. Oh, colon, Q, exclamation mark. <laughs> yeah. Um. But without saving. <laughs> yeah. Well, that one's getting saved because I'm not going to be uh, adventurous enough to edit that out. Because um, basically, I don't know how to use computers or edit things. So I just, you know, whatever we record here is what goes out. So. Can you edit it in um, Vim? Come on, Nick. How do you um, edit audio? Probably. Audio? Just plug in. <laughs> you just open it. It'll show you something. Oh, in hex. It's just got ones and zeros. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. It's like the Matrix. Um, that will do it for our show today. Thank you to the tens of dozens of listeners listening. Um, I, actually, there are more than that. I don't know the exact numbers, but I just like to keep my expectations low. So um, thank you all for listening. And thank you guys for joining us. And Go buy a VR headset. Yeah. Um, it's really amazing. Party on, dudes. It's like the greatest thing ever. I think I'm going to get the PS4 one, if it's good. Me too. Because uh, I don't want to buy a Windows machine. I heard the PS4 is a vomit comet. Because their their minimum FPS is 60, and half the time they don't even make that. Yeah, you need one twenty. Yeah. That, that's that's the experience that I want, though. The Barf, the Barfotron. <laughs> headset yeah. i'm only gonna ride roller coasters on it so <laughs> yeah there you go well you know what uh, there's actually a really cool like roller coaster thing on the windows for the vive and oculus and you can create your own tracks and do the whole thing and uh i wrote i, I wrote a virtual reality roller coaster on monday on an oculus rift oh yeah yeah they had like a little science fair thing that we went to cool cool you yeah, get your kid a... into that a little young how old's your, old's your kid now <laughs> he like didn't, he didn't do it <laughs> 
four and a half months. Four and a half months. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's amazing. I mean, if you're going to already start doing projects for him at this age, like kids got it made. I was uh, we there was uh, like the really steep drop, and I leaned way backwards and almost fell over. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Not on purpose. I, I like I I could not help that I was doing. Yeah, that. your body wants to cool. react to to visual information, yep. and it's really I, odd. I've, I had a buddy over that uh, was playing Job Simulator, and he was done, and he put the controllers down on the table, except there was no table there, and they dropped to the floor. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much. See you all next time. Bye-bye. I was rolling down the window. Cause I like to feel the wind blow We got a good thing Gonna see where the day goes Take it fast, take it real slow We got a good